What up, ladies and gents? Happy Wednesday. Dominating in real estate. You want to know what it takes to leave Canada and go spend some time in uh, in Mexico? We're going to tell you right now. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Dude, we got a great guest for you guys here today. James, how about we drop some fire? Yeah, all right, all you business pros. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review and help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz slash podcast guest to schedule your time slot. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias at Business Bros Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited and so honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is a self-made freedom lifestyle entrepreneur an expert investor, and an international speaker. With over 30 years of experience investing in real estate, our guest is not only a practitioner, but more importantly, a teacher of the skills he's acquired over his decades in the industry. His passion is in helping others achieve their dreams, helping investors purchase turnkey properties, and creating the kind of passive income that provides time, location, and financial freedom. He's always looking for ways to give back to the entrepreneurial community, helping people make informed, educated business decisions, and teaching his students how to invest and grow thriving real estate businesses. You will not want to miss today's show and this incredible guest. Joining us today from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, but he's not there today, the author of The Radical Real Estate Revolution. Welcome to the show, Mike Wolf. Mike, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? Great to be here. You guys are awesome. This is fun. I'm having fun already. We haven't even started. That's, what, that's, that's how we roll, man. We love to have fun. It's just it's just a, a daily thing for us. Uh, Mike, first of all, tell the audience where you normally are and where you are today. I'll tell you where I normally am. Normally, I'm I'm a nomad and I'm anywhere in the world besides Canada, where I'm from, especially <laughs> in the winter. Uh, COVID put a bit of a monkey wrench in and I was actually, I actually went up to Canada for seven months and was getting a little stir crazy. And then that white stuff started to fall from the sky that I know you guys don't see in San Diego. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm done. And so now I'm hanging out in, uh, in Cabo, Mexico for uh, the entire winter and uh, waiting for more borders to open. Oh, uh, and all you're doing nice. is partying, right? <laughs> Had to throw that again, right? (laughs) Um, I want to know how uh, someone like yourself, how do do you get into this space? Um, You know, before we actually, before I get into your background, I'd like to ask entrepreneurs who are on the show, what is your idea of success? How do you personally define success? Yeah, well, if you would have asked me when I first started, I would have said it was how much was in your bank account. And I would tell you that after uh, being a work, going through a lot of phases, becoming a workaholic, and then now uh, I'm a recovered workaholic and now I'm a playaholic. Uh, to me, success is being able to do what you want, when you want, with the people that you want, and hanging out with your, doing the things that are not uh, 
all about money, but hanging out with family and volunteering, giving back, all the stuff that maybe doesn't sound quite as sexy as lots of money in the bank account. But if you can put your money on autopilot, it's the things you get to do after that. Mm, and that's that's powerful because you know we we've been talking a lot about exiting the rat race, right? Uh, and developing cash flow streams to kind of help uh, help make that happen. Can you tell me a little bit about what it's like being in that space where you know you, you, what what you remember about being the workaholic and how are you today? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the worst thing about me being a workaholic is I, I loved what I was doing. And so it didn't really bother me from the work standpoint. It didn't, it didn't bug me that I was working 12 or 14 hour days. What did bug me is I would leave home and it would be dark outside. And I had, a, now my daughter's 25. Like we go back 15 years ago when she was 10, I'd leave home, it would be dark out. I'd come home, it would be dark out. And I'd miss the entire day with her. And my business would have fallen apart back in those days had I taken too much time off. And now if we contrast that with today, I've got two grandkids. And I can spend as much time as I want with them and the money keeps coming in. And so uh, that, it's much more fun to being the playaholic. I'll tell you that. Well, how do you get there, Mike? How do you get there? Let's go back 15 years ago. You have that 10-year-old daughter. Uh, you, it's not like you didn't want to spend time with them. You just had stuff going on. Take me back to then and what was going through your life on a day-to-day? -day? Well, my parents always brought me up. Mike, you're the guy. you got to be the provider. And so I always took that to heart and I, I worked really, really hard. Uh, but I was a one-man show, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of us are solopreneurs, we go through that. And uh, basically, the only way I could make more money was to put more hours and time. And then I realized, uh, I actually, as a Canadian, I started investing in the U.S. for the first time. And when I did that, I couldn't be at two places at the same time to collect my rent, so I had no choice but to uh, get a property manager. That was my first employee. And so there's, there's three phases that I find entrepreneurs go through, at least the ones that become successful. They start off as solopreneurs, then they kind of hit that brick wall where uh, they can't trade any more time for money with it, unless they don't want to sleep or eat. And then they get to the second phase. And when I hired this first property manager, I, uh, I, I micromanaged him to death. So I call it the micromanager phase where it's like, I need to know everything that's going on. And we, we as, as entrepreneurs, we're all control freaks. And we, we figure, oh, well, if he reports everything to me, somehow I'm going to control it and change it or stop him from ripping me off or whatever it is. And then I, I remember there was one time where he called, you know, one of my rules was you had to call me for everything. And I remember there was, he called me on a Monday and I said, hey, this one property, your fridge is broken. And I said, well, find out what it costs to fix it. If it's over a certain amount, let's replace it. And, and then he called me up like on a Thursday, different, different property, different appliance. And he asked me the exact same question. Hey, the appliance is broke. What should we do? And I thought to myself, man, like I, I why am I making him call me with the same thing every single time? And that was a, the start of my first system that I put into place where, hey, every time an appliance breaks, this is what we do. And I started to add more and more systems, more and more policies. And then I got to that third phase, which I call the freedom phase, where I just realized, hey, when you have the right people on your team, you don't need to babysit them. They know what they're doing and they usually know how to do it better than you do. And so that was kind of the start. So, so one of the things I recommend is, you know, starting to get the right people on your teams and either uh, delegating and or automating things. Uh, and then the other thing is creating passive income and passive income is doing something one time, getting paid for it over and over and over again, like owning a rental property, for example, if you buy a rental property and uh, assuming you have somebody else managing it, because if you don't, then that could become a full-time job. Uh, then that money comes in month after month after month until you sell the goose that lays a golden egg. And so do things one time, get paid for them forever. And that's the best way to get your time back. 
Well, let's hover on the team part, right? Because uh, you, you you described a little bit about how you got your mind in the right set, right? Because let's face it, you, you, when you were talking about the micromanaging of, of people, that's because we as solopreneurs, we can't let go, right? right. There, I can do it better than anybody else. That guy's yeah. going to mess it up. He's going to run my name through the mud. I, you know, I, I'm do, I can do it right. I, I do it the right way every single time how do you get to the point where you're going to let go of certain tasks? Like it's one thing to say, yeah, implement a system. It's another thing to let go and realize that it's okay. It's not going to destroy everything. You still have control and can make changes, even though it's somebody else making these uh, day-to-day operations. Right. Well, what I found is, uh, so I was still collecting my own rent up in Canada and he was collecting my rent for me in Las Vegas, which is my first market in the U S and at the end of the month, he always ended up collecting more than I did, even though I thought, oh, well, I'll just make friends with the tenants. And if I'm friendly to them, how could they not pay their friend? And mm. that's the dumbest thing ever. Don't ever do that. Uh, that's we- not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so uh, they would all, you know, they'd call you up and say, hey, I get paid on Friday. Can you hold off for a few days? And of course, I'd always say yes. And then Friday would roll around. Oh, my car broke down. You know, can I pay you in a week? And then I'd say, yes, next thing you know, they're a month behind, two months behind, three months behind. My property manager, he treats it like a business. He only gets paid if he collects rent. And so he, he actually, we played good cop, bad cop. The tenants in, in Las Vegas had no idea who I was. So he said, hey, you know what, the owner, uh, you know, if, if it was up to me, I'd let it slide. But the owner is this grumpy old guy. And if I don't collect rent, uh, he's going to fire me and he's going to kick you out of the house. So if he can pay by tomorrow, I won't even tell him we have this conversation. And he always managed to collect. And a lot of times I did not. And so I realized, man, not only am I not as good as him, but why am I even, when I, when I stopped micromanaging him, uh, he, he was a lot happier working for me because he, he got to do uh, you know, his genius without me having to babysit him. And he started to do even better when I stopped bugging him and just let him do his thing. And so that, that totally changed my mindset around it. Uh, but yeah, I agree, most of us entrepreneurs, the things we put out there, these are our babies. And you don't just let anybody handle your baby. Uh, but then you find out, hey, there's other people that, that will treat your business just as well as you do. And they're better at things than you are, even though you don't think so. Well, how about finding the right person, right? Because you could easily have had an opposite experience. You could have easily had a, a manager that was like, well, you know, I don't know, man. Hit up the landlord. That guy, that guy, I don't know what he's talking about. And, and instead of paying bad cop, it was... You know, you delegated to him and he's delegating right back or maybe he's not getting the right parts or maybe he's forgetting to go pick up right. Like you could have had a, a completely different experience. How what what things are you doing and putting in place so that you find the right person for the right job? Yeah, well, these days we're pretty lucky, especially compared to 15 years ago, because these days, you know, every, every, there's reviews on everything online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can connect with other, for example, real estate investors and find out their experiences. Uh, but one of the things that I found over the years is that when you find one key player for your team, like if I find a really good realtor, A players hang out with other A players. You're not going to find a really top notch realtor who's going to recommend a really bad property manager or vice versa. And I find getting one key person on your team, they quite often are associated with everybody else you need for your team. And so it's not as difficult as people think. The most difficult part is giving up, you know, having a little bit of trust and uh, you know, if they don't do a good job, you can always, you know, and I've had to, there's been, there's been times where I had people that started off good. And after a while, once they weren't hungry anymore, uh, they didn't show up the way they used to. And they, they, you know, so sometimes you do have to replace people, but at some point, if you want to have a life 
and a lifestyle, uh, you got to give up the reins at some point or you can't scale. Well, let's uh, let's pivot a little pivot! bit. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's talk about the real estate investing itself, right? Uh, there's a lot of people who are under the impression, man, I had a hard time buying my very first home. How do I get out there and start buying rental properties? I don't have the down payment, I don't have the cash. Like, which property should I go in? What city should I buy in? Do I buy here at home? I mean, there's a million ways to go. Where do I start? Exactly, and that's you know when I first started, I actually. Um, the reason I got into real estate was kind of by mistake. And I won't tell you the whole story or I'll take up the whole show, but um, I got into it by mistake. And I ended up uh, back in those days, I was actually, uh, I got my first degree. I was trying to pay off the student loans so I could afford to go get my second degree. I was going to go to law school. I was going to law school. And, uh, you know, basically I get a lot of people come to me and say, Mike, I'd love to get started in real estate, but I've got no money. When I started, I was, my net worth was negative 25,000 in student loan debt. And so when people say I've got no money, I say, man, I wish I started with no money. I was striving to get to no money. So uh, one, uh, you don't, there's a lot of strategies that require zero down. Uh, there's a lot of uh, strategies that when they do require money, doesn't have to be your money. Uh, so there's different ways. Uh, what I recommend is getting a, a good mentor. I actually have a free ebook that I'm happy to share with your audience, but get, get somebody who's already been there and can show you the, the path. If I, if I knew some of the stuff I know now, 31 years ago, man, my life would have been so much easier because I thought back in those days, I thought, okay, you got to save up a down payment, a certain amount of money. Then you have to qualify for mortgage and buy a property. And, and that's a long way to do it. You can certainly do it that way, but that's a long way to do it. Now there's, there's things like tax deed auctions where I've had, I picked up properties, single family homes for like seven grand that were worth a hundred grand. So you don't need to have a whole ton of money. And that seven grand doesn't even have to be your own money. Uh, but there's strategies where literally you don't need a, a dime. Uh, but there are 101 different ways to make money in this industry. And so it's a matter of, you know, uh, getting with somebody who can show you the different potential ways to do it and then figure out what's best for you. And then focusing on one thing, because a lot of people, they have a uh, tendency to get overwhelmed because they try, you know, they say, oh, well, this tax deed thing sounds awesome. Oh, this subject to sounds awesome. Flipping sounds great. Wholesaling sounds great. And then they start 100 different things, but they never actually complete anything successfully. And so find one lane, stick with it, get successful at it, then hopefully build a team around it. Let them keep running with it, making you money while you're not dealing with that. Then start your second thing and your third thing. But see it through from start to finish. That's, that's my best advice because so many people, uh, they get overwhelmed because, like I said, there's a million and one ways to make money in this industry. What you said there was was important. I hope the audience caught that because uh, what you were talking about is focusing in on one specific strategy and then you kind of graze over it really quick, but you're like, then you build a system around that thing so you can move forward. So let's let's start with something, uh, I don't know, it seems pretty popular right now, especially because of the way prices are uh, in the real estate market. They're booming, interest rates are low, things are going crazy, especially here in San Diego, inventory is like super low, right? Um there's wholesaling going on, right? You kind of, you mentioned wholesaling, but let's, let's define what wholesaling is. And then let's, for the audience sake, let's hypothetically go through a wholesale process so they know what it is. And then how do we build a system around wholesaling so that we can kind of walk away? Okay. Well, first of all, let's define wholesaling because I know a lot of people don't know what that means. And so wholesaling, basically you're finding a good deal and you're putting it under contract with uh, what I call an escape clause. And what, are, what an escape clause is, it means that you're not going to be obligated to buy that property if, if you're in a position where you can't. So for example, a lot of people that do wholesale deals, uh, let's go back to a zero down strategy. 
if you, if you have zero money in the bank, but you have some spare time on your hands, you go find a good deal, put it under contract. Once again, with it, with a way to get out of the contract, for example, putting a clause that says subject to approval of inspection or subject to uh, approval by my business partner. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go find a buyer for that property. You're going to uh, find, you're going to call somebody like me and say, Hey, Mike, so let's say you found a property in San Diego for half a million bucks and it's worth 600,000. And I was going to make up round numbers here. So you got a hundred thousand equity in there. You call somebody like myself and say, Mike, there, I've got this deal under contract with a hundred thousand dollar profit margin in it. If you're willing to pay me 10,000 or $20,000, I'll assign that contract to you. What that means is you're never actually buying that home. You're just putting it under a contract. You're finding a, uh, a buyer who wants to run with that deal. Uh, you get paid whether I'm successful with that or not. If I go and I totally botch the deal and lose money, you still, if, if you charge me 20,000, you get to keep that 20,000. You get paid early on, long before I, you know, I, I've got to go and maybe fix the property. I got to go market the property. You've already been paid. So that's how a wholesale deal works. But once again, when I talk about putting systems in place, and, and, and getting having somebody who's experienced teaching you the ways, well, what if you take that up a notch? What if you put that on steroids? And instead of calling me and saying, hey, Mike, I've got this $100,000 deal. Uh, if you give me 20, I'll let you run with it and keep the 80. What if instead you said, hey, Mike, I've got this $100,000 deal. Will you be my money partner? If you put up all the money, we'll split the profits 50-50. Now we go and sell the property, we make 100 grand. You get 50, I get 50. So you just got to raise from 20K to 50K just like that doing the same amount of work with no money. And then you get even smarter. You take that up even more. You add more steroids to it, take it up a notch. And uh, now you find a hard money lender. A hard money lender doesn't really care what your credit looks like. They don't really care about you. They care about the deal. And if you find a good enough deal, there's some hard money lenders out there that will do it with no, none, you don't even have to have any money. You have to have no skin in the game if the deal is good enough. And so now you use this hard money lender. And let's say they're charging you a ridiculous 20% interest rate and the deal that should only take you 60 or 90 days takes you a whole year. Well, now you're going to pay that hard money lender after a year, $20,000 at 20% to borrow you know, the money. I'm just making up round numbers here, but you're going to pay them X amount to borrow that money for the year. And now once again, you've got yourself another raise. So there's lots of ways to uh, take a deal and turn it into something uh, that can, you know, meaningful to you and that you can monetize even if you don't have a lot of cash. And so I'm glad you mentioned actually wholesaling because that's a great example of something you can do uh, with little or no money. And had I known how to wholesale when I first started, that would have sped up my process tremendously. So uh, these are things that you can do right now. And, and you know we're in a bit of a bubble right now. And I know in a place like San Diego, the market is on fire, it's crazy, but that's not gonna last forever. We're, we're in a, a time now where a whole bunch of businesses are, are shutting down. Some, a lot of them are not gonna reopen again. And we're, we're about to see a really big transfer of wealth. And uh, if, if people take the time to get educated on some of the strategies uh, that are available to them, and especially if they're creating win-wins, there's gonna be a lot of people in trouble. If we can create wins for those people in trouble, uh, there's a lot of money to be made. And just once again, it's all about win-win. And so there's gonna be a lot of that probably in six months, nine months, who knows, uh, but it's coming and, and it's coming soon. Oh, I agree with you, man. The market, uh, the market is hot. The economy is propped, right? It's propped up. It's not necessarily uh, as hot as people think it is. Uh, it's being artificially uh, elevated. I, I totally agree with you. I want to kind of hover a little bit on the assignment of contract, the, the wholesaling, because uh, I want to make sure that that people listening don't get uh, 
fascinated by the shiny object, right? It sounds super sexy. I find a deal. I'm going to make 20 grand. Yes, I'm going to do that. Um, let's, let's talk about the downside of that. How much work is involved in locating a deal like that and getting it under contract? What is, what is it that somebody has to do? Cause you said it kind of, kind of easily. You're like, you know, you don't have money, but you have time. So let's talk about what is involved in that time. Yeah. Well, if I had, if I had a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, on my plate, you know, if I had no money, but a lot of time, the things I'd be doing are I'd be driving for dollars. I'd be driving around neighborhoods looking for homes that look abandoned homes where, you know, the weeds are up to your knees. Those, those are where the deals are. It'd also be, you know, right now there's a moratorium on foreclosures. And so there's a whole lot of people that are not in trouble yet, but they will be, you know, if, if people are losing their jobs, that money's got to come from somewhere to make that mortgage payment. Right now, they don't have to make the payment. The government's sending people stimulus checks, et cetera. Uh, but that's not going to last forever. We all know that. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's uh, one of my favorite strategies, and I, I talked about it a little bit earlier, is tax deeds. And what a tax deed is, is when somebody hasn't paid their property taxes in a number of years, the county needs that money for their, keep their hospitals, their schools, et cetera, open. And so my favorite auction, there's one that takes place normally on the first Tuesday of every month in Houston, Texas. And that auction has been shut down now for six or seven or maybe even eight months. And normally uh, on any given month, uh, you know, hundreds, you know, 500 to 1,000 homes might change hands at this auction. So now, you know, imagine it, uh, if, imagine it opened up uh, next month. So now they're, they're behind by thousands and thousands of properties, plus all the properties that didn't get foreclosed on. So they publish a list. And that to me... Uh, most people take that list and they go to the auction and that's fine. There's money to be made there. But when you take that list and you go and track down these people before they lose their home, that's called a pre foreclosure. And if you have a solution for those people and say, Hey, I can help stop the foreclosure or, Hey, why don't we, why don't we do a joint venture? I'll help you sell your home so you can get something instead of nothing, or I'll, I'll give you money. I, I, you know, I know you don't have a whole lot of equity. I'll give you some cash to help you with a, a damage deposit and several months rent money for food, help you get back on your feet in exchange for you know letting me have you know deal with the property there's a lot of different ways to uh you know to, to make money at the, at the same time be helping people and like i said these lists to me that's a list of people in trouble and it's given to you on, on a silver platter so if you had the time to actually go and either show up on these you know, those people's doorsteps and have a solution for them or send them some sort of marketing materials uh get on the phone with them whatever it takes uh you know, if you have the time, there's a lot of money to be made. And if you're not successful with the pre-foreclosure, then you go to the auction or better yet, you do what I do and you, you build a team that goes to the auction for you. Uh, and uh, then there's a third strategy that comes from, I call this a trilogy uh, of uh, the trifecta actually is what I call a real estate. And the first is the pre-foreclosure. If you can't help them there, you go for the foreclosure. And then there's a little known strategy called overages that very few people know about. And after at the auction, let's say the opening bid is $5,000. Let's say the home sells for 50,000, that first 5,000, that belongs to the county fair and square. That's the back taxes. The additional 45,000, that belongs to the previous homeowner. And most previous homeowners have no clue about this money that's owed to them. And the government makes very little attempt to contact them to let them know. And so a really cool strategy is you go and you track down these people, say, listen, I know somebody owes you 45,000 bucks. And if you're willing to give me 20, 30, 40%, whatever you negotiate with them, if you're willing to give me a piece of that, I'll do all the paperwork. I will go through the process and retrieve that money for you. And you only pay me if I'm successful. Once again, that requires very little money. You might have to pay for a list. You might have to hire a skip tracer to track down these people because they're not in the house anymore. Uh, but it requires very little cash. And once again, very, very lucrative. So 
once again, it's all about educating yourself on the different things you can do and then just putting in the time to do it. Or in my case, you know, delegating uh, all these things to other people to do. And you can make money once again, passively, if once you set this up. Dude, I've never heard of the overage one. That was a new one for me. Uh, but you know, the whole pre foreclosure and and shopping people that those are those are awesome strategies. Right now, you were talking about a list, but we live in the twenty first century. There's a huge list online. It's called Zillow.com. Right? We can literally look up uh, in, and. You don't even have to waste gas money, right? We have this other thing called Google Earth, right? Where you can drive by, literally, it'll tell you even in the corner, it'll timestamp when that picture was taken. So you could literally do your shopping via a combination of Zillow and um, and uh, and and Google to figure out which properties you want to go after, uh, right? And so, so there, the the opportunity that you're talking about here is not just uh, in in creating lists and, and going out and shopping, but it's, it's picking up the phone and tracking people down and, and placing an offer. I think the offer sometimes freaks people out. What's the contract? How am I tied in? Uh, can you kind of hover on the contract part itself and, and kind of ease people's tension as to, as to that process? Yeah. Well, here, here's what I would do. If I was working in a very specific, in a specific market, I would probably get to be friends with a, uh, an attorney or a title company and say, hey, listen, this is a strategy I'm looking to do. Can you tell me exactly what you want this to look like? So when I send the deals to you, it makes it easy for you. And if you word it that way, most of them are happy to give you that information for free because you're, you're telling them, hey, I'm going to be sending you business. So how do I need to make it look to send you business? And quite often when you tell them, hey, this is what you want to do in this market, they'll actually send you, they'll start sending you deals without you even having to find, like they'll, they'll actually start referring stuff to you. And so it's really important to, uh, one, don't, don't let that stop you. If, if, this month, if this is gonna change your life financially, don't let these little things stop you. And I know a lot of people do, they find that to be a really big hurdle. There's people that will show you how to do that. Uh, it, it's not that complicated and it doesn't have to be a big fancy, you know, what the realtors use a 30 page contract. It could be, I, I have a turnkey operation in Atlanta. We sell properties that are already, uh, we fix them, put tenants in place. Uh, we sell these uh, rental properties to investors around the planet and our contract is three, three very short pages. So it doesn't have to be really complicated. A lot of people, they get, once again, they get caught up in, in the little things. I see people that they're stuck because they can't make it because they're trying to make their own website. Like stop doing that stuff. Delegate all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing and focus on the stuff that makes you money. And there's other people that can fill in the blanks for you. So if, if the only thing, if you find a good deal, the only thing stopping you is a contract, call me. I'll, I'll walk you through the contract. We'll do the deal together. I don't care. But, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, is uh, there's so there's going to be so many deals out there. And I was just mentioning one, just a list, because that's one of the things that I've done for many years. But there's, you know, Facebook Marketplace and there's Craigslist and Kijiji. There's a million different ways to find distressed sellers. And, and think about it right now. Uh, a lot of landlords are struggling to collect rent because tenants, you can't boot out tenants. And, and uh, for somebody like myself, we have really good systems in place. We are getting rent. But a lot of uh, people that are managing their own properties are not getting any rent. So if you look at a rental website of landlords, a lot of them are really fed up right now. And they're very, you know, if you said, hey, you know what, are you thinking of maybe selling it? They don't want to deal with any more. They don't want to deal with any more tenants. And so there's, there's a million and one different ways to find deals. And if you're willing to put in the time and, you know, just get out there and get on, get on the phone, uh, it's, it's, it's not that difficult and it's going to get easier as we get further and further into this COVID uh, thing.
All right. Well, I want to know, you have talked about finding a mentor and and finding people who can help you out. So uh, first of all, let people know how they can get a hold of you, especially for our listening audience. What's the best way to get a hold of you? And then what are some books, podcasts, uh, other mentors that that kind of helped you gain the education that you've gotten? Yeah, well, for for me, well, to get a hold of me, first of all, it's info at MikeWolfMastery.com, info at MikeWolfMastery.com. Uh, every, everybody should read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and Cashflow Quadrant. Uh, everybody should read uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Those are great uh, books, mostly on mindset. I don't really recommend that many real estate books. And the reason for that, and the reason I haven't written one myself, is this stuff is evolving all the time. The stuff that's going to work you know, post-COVID is going to look a lot different than what, was, what we were doing a year ago or two years ago. So this stuff is always evolving and changing. So um, I have a YouTube channel with probably around 200 videos on there. Uh, so you can Google uh, YouTube, Mike Wolf Mastery, and you'll find, you'll find it. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, the problem with books is, is like I said, it's, it's always uh, changing. But that's a great thing about podcasts and, and uh, uh, videos is that you can, you know, this stuff you can change very, very frequently and update it. And uh, uh, also, like I said, I've got my free ebook. If you go to my MikeWolfMastery.com website, I've got a free ebook on the top strategies that are working right now and that will be working as uh, uh, as the economy continues to unfold in kind of the unfortunate direction that we're headed right now. Man, Mike, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Again, a wealth of knowledge that you have uh, and mostly, you know, a a big portion of it because of experience. So I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show and sharing everything that that you've done so far uh, and and a lot of information that's super beneficial. I know if anybody picks just one strategy and just focuses on that every single day, uh, I know it sounds overwhelming. It sounds like a lot, but you focus on the one thing every day you're going to get progressively better at it. You'll know what questions to ask. You'll know what problems you need to solve. And as you solve those one problem at a time, you're going to have that system in place before you know it. So thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And you guys are so much fun. I, I want to do this again sometime. I'm down, dude. Like I said, anytime, reach out. I mean, there's so many things. Again, I mean, we we grazed the top of one like strategy. So there's all kind, always the multiple things that we can talk about. Yeah, well, you guys are awesome. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Mike. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Tomorrow is my favorite day of the week. Tomorrow is SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. We'll see you again, manana. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.